0: Hi, everyone. My name is Michaela, and this is the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness, where we spotlight stories from our community to uplift the collective consciousness. Thank you for being here and enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness. My name is Michaela, and I'm so glad to have Shiva back with me today. We're going to continue our conversation on the eight-limbed path, specifically the first two limbs, the yama and niyama. So, Shiva, how are you today? I know you like to start with an invocation, so I would love to hold space for that. Thank you, Michaela. It's so wonderful to
1: be back on this podcast and chatting with you. And yes, let us start with a an invocation to to the divine within and to the
2: guides. Oh
3: that paramparayadmahi. Yana lingishwarayidhi mahi. Tano Guru Prachytayad O Makhandamandalakaram Vyaptam Nenacharacharam Tappadamar Darshitam nena, Tasmai Shi Guru Venamaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwara, Guru Saksat Paraprama Tasmai Shri Guru Venamaha Ekadantam Mahakayam Tapta Kanchanasandibam. Lambodharam disalaaksham bandhi dhamgranayam Om Shri Guru Purnamah Shri
2: Madhun
0: Thank you. Thank you for that beautiful invocation. Let's move to the next yama, Satya.
2: So Satya
1: is looked at as. Hello. I lost you.
0: Yes, yes,
2: yes. Did I lose you? Oh, are we okay, back? Can you hear me? Okay, beautiful. Are
0: we good?
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, no, okay. No. No, no. Okay. So the next yama that uh, Patanjali describes is satya. Okay. So satya is described as truthfulness. So the easy way to look at it is, you know, being, speaking the truth. So, speaking the truth, no matter what, I'm going to say what is true. You know, I'm not going to speak lies um, and being very straightforward, right? So, this is the general uh, definition or a d- description or how it's usually understood. Now, I'll bring my, my <laughs>
2: uh, perspective here. Into this, is that if what is truth? Right, what is
1: truth? When we come into this world, whatever we are experiencing and looking around us, everything is perspective. So, what might be true to you, or the way I have experienced something might be completely different from the way the person beside you has experienced that. The person in the same house, there's something going on, there's some arguments maybe. What one person sees can be completely different than what the other person sees, right? So our truths in quote unquote are different. So because my perspective of the world is so different from your perspective of the world, whatever that world is, whatever's happening at that point of time.
3: So here when we say, oh,
1: to be true, to be truthful. And if we if we understand it in that way, then to me that raises a lot of doubt. It's like, hey, uh, I don't know, it, it doesn't sit so clear. It's not so clear, right? Because if your truth is different from my truth, then what is truth? You know, here I'm talking about applying it to our daily lives, right? Universal truth, that is one. That love is all there is. That is true. That is That holds universally true. But are we experiencing and living that every single moment of our lives? Not necessarily, because we are in our world of perception. And, you know, we are not always clear and free of perception or judgments all the time.
3: But here, so here I look at this
1: truth, satya, as that commitment or that intention of wanting to stay in the universal truth. To stay in the natural order of things. That intention, right, so that that commitment to and intention of Speaking, speaking by truth, whether it's speaking or not speaking. See, it's not just talking in the Vaikari like outward uh, words, what's coming out of the sound that's coming out of my mouth. But in thoughts, in deeds, right? Holding to what we hold as true, but at the same time, not forgetting that I So a lot of times when we speak our truth, so-called, here, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put in quote unquote truth, it may hurt the next person,
3: right? But at the same time,
1: holding true to our values, what are my core values? And this may vary from person to person, right? Holding my dignity and my integrity strong
2: and Having that intention, that is satya. If I can
1: hold true to that,
3: and now how does this
1: connect? How do I do this, right? How, how am I going to do? How am I going to practice this satya? Having that, uh, okay, I'm going to be, you know, truthful. How? Because when it comes to application, the, the how is always very that that's that's how it. I mean. Um, the how is important, right? Because that's how you apply. I mean, I can know all these things. Oh, satya is truth. Oh, I must stay true. I must have my intention right. I must be committed. Okay, how is how are you going to apply that to your daily life? And so, how this, how I see this connecting to the niyamas is shelter. So satya. How I apply satya externally and within is
0: through shaucha. What is shaucha? Cleanliness, purity of being. You know what came to mind when you said this? Coming clean.
3: Yes, yeah. absolutely. Coming clean, being pure. So here, cleanliness of being, of course, the
1: cleanliness also, you know, we, we talked about the body earlier, right? So have keeping a clean body, um, you know, being neat, uh, maybe organized. And here I'm not just talking about physically. Yes, physically also. But mentally. So this is where the, when we talk about organization, we talk about decluttering. Right? When we want to have our thoughts that are pure and clean, you need to declutter to organize your mind. Right? So that's where Shaucha comes in. And this shoucha is this physical purity, right? physical cleanliness. And uh, Ayurveda has so many different um, uh, practices that are in the dhinacharya practices that we can do um, to maintain that. We have mental cleanliness. Right? So mentally, how am I cleansing myself every day? The, whether it is practicing that self-love, here, see, it goes back to Ahimsa also. It connects to Ahimsa. That compassion, that self-love that we are practicing, it feeds into the Shauja. So, whether it is that practice, whether it's into, well, journaling, self-care, whatever the practice is that we have at that point. Um, and that can change also. It's not that one has to stick to that one practice throughout the life, right? Whatever the practice is can change. You know, Today, it might be It might be taking a nap, (laughs) right? Today, it might be taking a nap. Tomorrow, it might be going for a workout. Whatever it is. Um, Eating healthy meals. That is also shelter. Because you are taking care. Whatever food you're taking and putting inside you is going to become you right, the food is not just giving you nutrients, it's becoming you, it's becoming a part of this vessel, right? So how am I doing that, right? So that is that shoucha, which feeds into me being true and, and, you know, staying committed to the truth of my core, to the values that I hold core and hold dear to me. Environmental shoucha, environmental, how am I taking care of my environment? Am I keeping it clean, right? Keeping it uh, clean meaning allowing the flow and order of nature to be, yeah? Mm -hmm.
3: So that,
1: again, you can see that that connects to ahimsa, right? Which in turn connects to Santosha because when you go to a plant and you're so sad and, and depressed, that plant is affected, right? When we go to a plant with happiness, then you can see that the plant thrives. And there are so many experiments that, that people have done done with this. We can see this with our pets too. If we have a, a cat or a dog uh, that comes, when you are so happy that the dog is so happy, but when you're sad, it sort of bumps that other creature out, <laughs> right? We've seen this. And so, so then how it feeds into how do I stay true? Ensuring that I practice shoucha in my daily life will ensure that. And having that intention of wanting to be true will lead me to, you know, practicing shoucha within myself. So, this is how these two connect in my perspective.
0: I'm loving that you're drawing parallels, but that you're also taking us back because like you said, even though you're drawing parallels between one and the other, they're not just, that's that's not it. The relationship doesn't stop there. Mm-hmm. They all have little connectors. Okay, mm-hmm. what's the next one?
3: So the third
1: one, after we, we looked at uh, Ahimsa and then Satya, the third one that Patanjali talks about is Asteya. So Asteya, again, it's just similar to Ahimsa, when, when we look at Asmiya, the, the English, I know how it has been translated or, or generally well known, is non-stealing, right? Again, I prefer to, you know, <laughs> look at it as, as rather than non-stealing or, you know, taking non, not taking what is not mine, I like to look at it as abundance. There is more than enough for where where does where when does it, you know, um, where does this whole idea of I need to steal, I need to take somebody else's, this other person has, I need that, I, I need to take it. Where does where does that come? When we feel like there's not enough. When I feel like I don't have, you have, I need to take from you. Because you know, I, I don't have this thing. But when there is more than enough for the whole world,
3: then there will be no necessity to steal from others. Right? So
1: um, when I look at it as oh, how do I practice this this, this yama? I look at it as asteya being abundance. So abundance of everything, abundance of love, abundance of of um, just positivity, you know, uh,
3: abundance of whatever that,
1: it, you see, th- doesn't mean that if I look at everything as abundance, oh, there is abundant everything, then I'm not going to suffer. Oh, there is abundant everything, I'm not going to go through any hardships um there are not going to be any difficult moments in my life the thing is that always uh, uh the way i look at it is we have to go through these difficult moments like the annealing that we were talking about earlier right that that annealing needs to happen so that we can reduce the stresses that are within us all the cracks that are there inside
3: need to need to sort of um
1: amalgamate and melt together. And for that, that annealing process is necessary. And so these experiences are necessary because we've come down here for a purpose. We have this body for a purpose. And regardless of what that purpose is, whether we know the purpose or not, um, we are going to go through certain things because there are certain choices that we make, certain experiences that we get, and there are lessons that that we have to learn or get out of all those experiences that we have in order for us to grow, you know, for this soul to take on this journey.
3: So, so it doesn't mean
1: that when someone says, oh, there is no, there is no tiger, um, or that there's more than enough, right? There's more than enough. Uh, there is no competition. Uh, you don't have to be Uh, afraid that oh there are so many yoga teachers already me being one more I have to you know fight for clientele and you know there's all these insecurities that that pop up and all of us have been have been exposed to or might have experienced that you know that small insecurity oh no what's the point of me being uh, I'm getting I'm spending so much getting this this certification uh, but there are so many already. Where am I going to get my niche? I need to find a niche. You know, <laughs> all these insecurities do pop up. And, and that is, again, it's, it's a misconception, Because if we bring ourselves into this, I am abundant. I am abundant. And I live in abundance. Right? So then I bring that that energy of abundance
2: within me, right?
3: So then, in applying that to my
1: daily life, applying this to my thought process,
0: um,
1: applying this to my manifestations, to my daily manifestations, manifestation of abundance, I just... I just live in abundance so whatever i give i give i give so much that is so much my cup is so full right it brings and and this one is beautiful because it and and um, not just this yama the next few yamas i feel um connect not just to one but to multiple right so this abundance if i i feel it connects to to santosha again right because when you are so content and so happy, then there is just more of that. You know, like attracts like. This is a concept that uh, is there in Ayurveda. That like, uh, 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 what like brings
0: increases.
1: Yes, like increases like. So when I am happy, then that that santosha that that. Um, that abundance within me will flow, right? So here, again, we, we have to connect that back to that Ahimsa. So this Yama of Asteya connects back to Ahimsa as well, that compassion.
3: You know what, this is why
1: all of them, and we'll go, as we see the other two also, we'll, we'll notice that everything seems to connect back to Ahimsa. Compassion, self-compassion, it is like the root of, and I feel that's why potentially put it at the first, the first thing is this, hey, I you know, and the studying of the sutras or whatever we are studying, I feel can even stop there. As long as you have that self-compassion, everything else will follow through. You know, we don't need to really even know.
3: And that's why in all our
1: teacher trainings, especially MBP teacher trainings specifically, Compassionate self-forgiveness. What is that? Compassion, right? The first thing she talks about, you know, we, that we 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 try to the practice that we try to, this tool that we try to share is having compassion, having compassion for yourself first. Right? First, and that is something that you continue <laughs> throughout the journey. Right? Because once we've come into yoga, you, you it's it's not something that you can get off of. And yoga is a very difficult path in spirituality right the path of spirituality the path of yoga very difficult but once you've come in hey you're hooked
2: <laughs>
0: agreed agreed path. yeah we've chosen this difficult path right
1: so this compassion is something that is so important uh, to, to hold within right and if we can hold it with that abundance that feeling of abundance then our applying that in our daily life, it becomes easier. So the thing is, you know, I've, I've said this before as well, uh, that yoga, you know, every, a lot of people come into yoga thinking, oh, I need to be all benevolent and I need to be all um, philanthropic and I want to serve other people. I want to help others. It's beautiful that that thought even comes. Not everybody has that thought. If you have such a thought or have such a bent of mind, then you are in a minority already. So that is already so beautiful. But I have told such people that, hey, you know, we all think that yoga and yogis are very selfless. Actually, yoga is very selfish. One needs to be very, very selfish in yoga. Why? Because with an empty cup, you cannot pour you cannot pour from an empty cup you have to have your cup full and when our cup is overflowing with Asteya, with ahimsa and with santosha then that overflowing it's it's full within and then it overflows after that you don't have to channel that anywhere because it's going to overflow and when you know when a cup overflows it's just going to overflow everywhere right you can't control it right so it's just going to overflow and the more it overflows the further it reaches so where are we we're not taking a cup and pouring it in that spot or this spot or to the south or to the east or to the west or to the north but we're pouring it more and more and more within ourselves so yoga is very very selfish you go within, you pour and fill up your cup every single time, so that it pours outward more and more and more. So this is where the niyamas, which are supposedly again you know uh, self practices as opposed to external practices. I mean, this is how it's seen. I don't see it that way. So it's not that the yamas come first and then the niyamas. You know, it's it's you have to to. Fill up your cup.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: when we are full of that abundance, then that abundance will flow, will overflow. So it's not just santusha here. Mm-hmm. It's also Ishwara Pranidhana, right? That surrender. You flow, pour within, and then you surrender to the flow of how it's going. Right? So, so it is not just one-to-one again. It's, Several. And it's not just Yama to earn Yama, but they're connecting one in each other.
0: I'm seeing like these fun little word maps that we used to do in school um, where you would like draw all the lines of like relation between the words, but they weren't just across. It was up and yes, down too.
3: Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. You know,
0: in
1: our brain with... And recently there was this image that I saw where they did this uh, mapping of the neuron, right, the neuron, the brain cells, how the electricity uh, flowed within the, the, the brain. And the thing is when we have more and more interconnectedness, then you, the, the neurons actually fire more and it aids in the development of more neurons. You know, so it's it's a scientific thing, too. I don't want to go too deep into the science. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about that in another yeah. episode. <laughs> What's our next it's really yama? Cool. I, it's yeah, so been, cool. The next yama is brahmacharya. So brahmacharya, um, and this one is really, uh, I feel it's the most uh, mis- misinterpreted of the lot you know, after Ahimsa, I feel, or maybe, maybe they're both on the same, same stand that people take this word and then, you know, misinterpret it and it it just spawns and just goes on and on and on. Right. So, um, I feel this is one, one, one of them, uh, it's translated as celibacy. Right. So, um, Brahmacharya, Oh, brahmacharya means celibacy. Oh, that means I should not, you know, be in any sort of relations or I should not. Uh, stuff like, how, however. But hey, you know, how does this work for householders? We are householders. We are living in, the in, in, you know, we are not sitting in a cave. You know, we are not sitting in the forest. Um, how I look at this, brahmacharya, celibacy, what does that mean? you know, in in our daily lives. Self-restraint, that's also the other thing, self-restraint. I look at it as continence. Continence with our energy. So, you know, we all know what incontinence is. You know, women, we, we have a lot of times, we have these issues with incontinence. Um, due to the pelvic floor, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, continence is the exact opposite, but with our energy. So, can I be mindful with my energy? Responsible with my energy. That's Brahmacharya, right? If I am responsible with my energy and not mindlessly just throwing things out there, then. I am practicing Brakcharya, yeah? So being responsible, um, that is not hankering out outwardly and looking for happiness or peace in external objects, Uh, not looking for happiness and peace in objects which may give me temporary pleasures, Uh, but rather looking within, knowing that this happiness the true happiness that lasting happiness or lasting peace santosha stems from within stems from my cup that comes from my cup that i'm going to fill in right that abundance that asteya that is going to uh, give me this lasting peace and happiness knowing that my energy is going to is sprouting from within right turning inwards rather than uh, chasing these external objects, right, using our senses. So that is Brahmacharya here. You know, I I look at it as Brahmacharya is being responsible with my energy here, being mindful, discerning when should I, you know, expend some energy in, in the outward fashion, and when should I not, Right? This is a little different than that compassion that I was talking about, filling up the cup and then it overflows, right? When it overflows, that love that overflows is going to go out no matter what. The energy that I'm referring to here that, that one should be responsible with is, for example, and here I'm, I'm rather than giving a know a, uh, a, definition or a, or a academic uh, definition here, I would like to give an example in our daily lives. For example, and this is a very popular one, posting on social media. Whatever I'm feeling, right? let's say I'm feeling irritable and angry that day. That's the experience that I'm experiencing at that point. Bashing whoever it is that that was a channel or a vessel to that experience that came to you. Again, here, if I can look at everyone as channels and vessels of experiences that come to me, right? but a lot of times we don't. (laughs) We'll be like, you did this to me right and then we bash that person on social media you know or however i feel i'm like oh so angry and i want to just lash out and i lash out you know and post all sorts of stuff on on social media and this is content right that we are putting out there that is energy that we're putting out there going out and gossiping talking about someone else behind your back that's gossip right Or in under the pretext of oh i'm sharing my da so i'm going to tell everything this person and then inadvertently talking badly or you know bringing in that kind of energy so i'm i'm irresponsible with my energy here so uh, that is not brahmacharya <laughs> so brahmacharya is i can even break up this word you know brahma it is that that, that all knowing that uh, that wisdom, right? That oneness, that energy of oneness. And Acharya is one is one who has mastered. An Acharya who has mastered. So Brahma Acharya is one who has mastered the truth. If I can look at it that way, right? Master it. Ma- if I have mastered my truth, my Satya, my core values, and I don't veer away too much from that. That uh, stumble, then I am going towards mastering that. And the thing is, all of this is energy, right? Mm-hmm. All of it is energy. Sometimes we have to we have to hold our energy uh, within so that it doesn't become too floppy.
3: <laughs> so if we are irresponsible
2: with
1: our energy, right, then. That is going to slow down the process uh, of going within, and that is why this is even one of the yamas. This brahmacharya. Why? Wh- where does this celibacy even come in, right? If I look at it in this way, where does the celibacy even come in? Because our energies in, and we know this uh, in through Ayurveda that you know our our energies you know you have your different dhatus the different uh, tissues of our body that one translates and one f- forms into the other right you have your rasa so it, it one will form into the other uh, will transform into the other and so ultimately when it comes to the the last one which is your your energy of the seed hmm? That is the most uh, distilled, the most potent energy that you have. I mean, of course it is, because that is what can create another life. This energy, it is so potent and so powerful that it can create another life. I mean, can your words create another life? Can can my uh, lifting weights, all my the energy that I have from lifting weights, can it create another life now? It's not as potent. So, the most potent is that. Right? There are stories, uh, the story of Vishwamitra and Menaka. Vishwamitra was uh, a sage and a very, very powerful Brahmarishi. He had the title of Brahmarishi. And when he was doing his tapas, it was becoming so much that one of the devas, Indra, was afraid that he would take his position. You know. And so he sent down Menaka and Apsara, a very beautiful woman to disrupt that uh, that tappos. yeah, to disrupt his his concentration.
3: And what happened
1: when he unified with with her, he lost so much of his power. And he and then after that he realized, oh dear, I have lost so much. he had to start again from Ground Zero. Took thousands of years to, to accumulate that much of power and it was all gone in that one instance. That, um, that's the amount of power, that's the potency that is within us. That's the power that we have within us. So if we are
3: aware of that,
1: then maybe we won't be so irresponsible with how we spend it, right? If you know that the amount of money that's in your wallet, it's like $10, right? This $10 is it took me, if I have to save it penny by penny by penny, then $10 is a lot of money. And so I'm going to be really careful how I'm going to spend this $10. Right? I'm not just going to be like, oh, whatever. I can just let it fly in the wind. No. So just being aware of how this energy is being stored how we are storing this energy. And with all the other practices, what are we doing? We're actually storing a lot of energy within us. There is potentiality in everything that we're doing.
3: Right? So how we expend that energy,
1: we are be being mindful. We have to be mindful. Right? And so when we say responsible, response able, able to respond rather than react. Yeah? So if we can be responsible with our energy, then that is where we practice brahmacharya. Now, how does this tie in with any of the other Niamas? Swadhyaya, knowing yourself, because in order to be responsible, in order to know and have that discretion um, as to when I should expend what, uh, and here energy is not just I'm not not just talking about the potent energy of you know being or unifying with a partner physically. But being mindful about how I converse, or the energies that I am surrounding myself with, the people that I surround myself with, the conversations that I surround myself with, you know, the content that I am consuming through social media. This is daily practices. Right? How, how am I spending my time? My time is my energy. How am I spending it? Yeah. So, being aware of all of this, right? Being uh, going in the direction of mastering the truth, Brahma Acharya, right? Mastering that Brahman will require me to know myself. So, with Swadhyaya, Brahmacharya will come, right? If I know how I have accumulated whatever energy, if I know. You know, or I'm 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 delving within just to 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 realize and recognize the energies and power within myself. Then I will be more aware of how I expend it. So Swadhyaya definitely ties in very deeply with
0: Brahmacharya, and so does Tapas. So does Tapas. Thank you for sharing that story um, I am a huge fan of mythology and because like you, I'm a, I learned through like visualization and like the application stories. part is really important to me. Yes. Yeah, stories. Thank you. Thank you. Stories. I love learning through stories. Yes. I think I never put the, put the name to it, but, um, and I also liked how you said response able. hmm and I just, I really liked that relationship. And then the tie back to Swadhyaya, that makes total sense to me. Uh, yes. I lo- that, I'm that. i going to have to sit with that one for a little bit because I'll, I'll be honest with you, brahmacharya is one that the application was a little bit hard for me to understand for how I could do it for myself.
3: Yes, so I appreciate that, that perspective. That's why,
0: that's why it is so, I feel it is so
1: misrepresented uh, as well. Because it is a hard one to, you know, when you say, oh, celibacy, everybody needs to be celibate. Then it's like, what? It's very easy to mis- misunderstand what this is. Um, and that's where Swatiyaya comes in. Because we have to know ourselves and where we stand. Uh, what's our intention? Right? With, with each, just being more mindful and, and, and having a clear intention with whatever we are doing. And that's why Brahmacharya is not just being celibate. There is so much more to it. Because whenever we go hankering after things through our five senses, our five senses are like five horses that are pulling the chariot. You know, and this is from Vedanta. Vedanta tells us this, gives us this um, this visual that the five senses are like five horses and they're each going, wanting to go in each one direction. So if all your horses are going in different directions, your
0: chariot's going to, you know, topple over. Very soon. I, yes, yes. I love that. I love that imagery. Um, beautiful. Does this lead us into our last yama? Yes. So
1: the next one is aparigraha. Right? So again, aparigraha and parigraha to aparigraha which is like non-possessiveness, non-gripping, don't accumulate. But what does that really mean? Right? Instead of going the non route I look at it as giving. Just generosity of spirit. Just giving. Giving of ourselves. And I like how this comes after brahmacharya. Because brahmacharya, we spoke about how we need to be mindful about how we're giving. About what we're giving, right? Um, sort of protect in in quote unquote protect uh, the energies. But then the next one goes, oh aparigraha giving. <laughs> it's almost like like um, like the antithesis <laughs> of of each other, right? This is where in my in my view, um, in my humble opinion, pratipakshabhaavne comes in. How do we bring in the balance to be more mindful, right? How do we bring in, um, like, protecting my energy and pulling my energy within me and yet being able to give, giving of myself, right? Giving up, because ultimately when you give, you are giving your energy, whether it's your time, whether it's your money, whether it's your, whatever it is, your efforts, it is your energy. Right? And that's what we are. When we communicate with each other, it is energy that is being transacted. So that that giving, uh, that generosity, that sharing of knowledge, sharing of what, that experience and then the lessons that we have learned, you know, from with each other, that is that is what aparigraha is. And how can we bring a good balance? Here again, I tie this to swadhyaya. Right. So knowing yourself very very clearly, and the one before that, brahmacharya also tied in with tapas, because that tapas, that penance, right, that fire that we are putting ourselves through, you know, it is the discipline is, is very very essential, right, for us to know what type of energy that we can, what what we have within. And only when you know what you have can you know what to give, right? And you can... And once you have that knowledge, then that wisdom, that truth, that satya, share it freely, you know? Here again, it ties back into asteya because that abundance, knowing that there is enough, there is more than enough. It doesn't mean that if I give away my knowledge of something... It's, that's the end. You know, everybody's going to take it, (laughs) right? It's like, just because you light another candle, it doesn't mean that your candle is going to go off, right? You can light, 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 light. That light is still there within, I feel this one and uh, all the yamas, in fact, tie into Ishwara Pranidana. How do, and where does this application come from? A lot of times, you know, we've spoken so much about all these different things. Oh, you have to know yourself. Da, da, da. Sometimes we will be at the state or sometimes we just don't know. We just can't make head or tail of it. You know, sometimes it's just not clear. It's not as clear as we would like it to be. In such state. And, and, the, and the thing is, it's not that we are always in that state. It's many times we go into that state. Where we we just, I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what my purpose is. Does that mean we stop living life? Does that mean we stop living just because we don't know? No. This is where that awareness or knowing that if I surrender and go with the flow, everything is going to take care of itself. Ishara Pranidhana is that surrender to a higher power. Knowing that there is a higher power. That there is grace that there is divinity that there are souls and masters and guides all around me and within me protecting me and holding space for me all the time that enables me to sit with you know um whatever i need to sit with and work through whatever i need to work through and then be able to practice all of those other things You know, from ahimsa, ahimsa, shaucha, sorry, ahimsa, satya, uh, asteya, brahmacharya, aparigraha, shaucha, uh, uh, santosha, tapas, swadhyaya, it all leads into and is supported by the Ishwara Pranidhana, that surrender. Ultimately, if we can surrender to our own truth, it's not like I'm giving up and I'm not going to do anything anymore, you know, hands up, I'm not going to do anything anymore, it's not possible. That is not possible. However, many ever times we think or we tell that, you know, we are human beings, we are in this human body, we're gonna have to do something. In order for you to stay in this human body, karma is necessary and is essential. You know, it's gonna happen. Right? So, so then this vessel, this, this if we can just allow it to flow on that river, then all the others will, we can, we can practice it in our daily lives and apply it much more easily. It's easy to say, oh, surrender, you know, how do I surrender? You know, I, the, the application of it, it, the application always brings me back to the word how, right? So when I have a concept, the how comes in, and this is the most difficult how in my experience. How do I surrender? What do I do? Right? How and then what do I do to do that? This is the only one which I feel there is nothing to do. So accepting that it, it, it takes a lot. It takes a while. So here, going back to Ahimsa, being compassionate with yourself, you know, it's it's a whole circle. It's 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 the wheel, right? There is only. In Ishwara Pranidana, there is really nothing to do because nature will take us there. It is the flow. Nature will take us there. So it brings, it it comes the whole circle. It comes back to where we are at, you know. And this is where it comes back to there's really nothing to do. And um, where we are at right now is the best place that we can be. And it is where we are meant to be. And we are loved, we are supported by this divinity, by our guides, by our gurus, and knowing that we can take comfort and sit in that love and, you know, sort of stew in that love for a little while, fill our own cup a little bit more and go forth with the uh, santosha and happiness. even. When everything, even when we are going through the fire and tribulations and trials, and you know, we can blaze through them, because that tapas is also part of everything. It's not roses and you know, beautiful walk in the park. That tapas is is an essential part of of uh, our journey. Um, but our practice of yamas and niyamas, it really. Uh, is one of a, you know, it's, it's wholesome and ultimately brings us to the Ishwara you know, can We apply this in our daily life. Life may be a little smoother and we'll reach our destination, our journey, go through on this journey uh, with a little more events.
0: You did a gorgeous job of bringing that all back gorgeous
1: thank
0: you i i have to sit with that for a little while i think i'm gonna have to journal a little bit about that the, the everything bringing us back to and you know what you were talking about ishvara pranidhana i'm just thinking non-doing
3: mm. it's oh, just the the being beautiful yes 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 yes,
0: yes. which i love oh Thank you, Shiva, as always, so much for your time, your wisdom, your perception, your everything. Thank you for coming and sharing with us. It's an honor and privilege to share space with you and to learn from you.
3: Thank you, Michaela. Thank you for holding
1: this space for all of us, all of us who are listening as well. And uh, for everything that you are doing and not doing.
2: (laughs) I love that.
0: Yes. Thank you for being you. Right back at you. Thank you. Um, I can't wait to continue our talk on the eight lens. It seems like we have wrapped up the yamas and niyamas. So hopefully, in our next combo, we can continue our way. Yes. Thank you for the listeners uh, for being here and listening with us. I can't wait to see you again next week. Thank you again, Shiva. And we'll see you soon. Thank you so
1: much. Thank you so much. Let us close with a uh, short prayer of gratitude as well
3: o oh. oh. sarvesham shastir bhavatu sarvesham Shantir bhavatu sarvesham purnam bhavatu sarvesham mangalam bhavatu sarve bhavantu Sukinaha, sarve santu niramayaah sarve bhadrani pashyantu ma kaschid dukkhabhag bhavet asato Thomas Jyotir Gamaya Gamaye, Om
0: Thank you again for listening to this final installation on our series of the Yamas and Niyamas with Shiva. We appreciate you so much for being a part of the My practice community.